Hello, and welcome to another Health Essentials Podcast. I'm John Horton, your host. When wildfire smoke colored the sky orange earlier this year, it seemed pretty obvious that air quality might not be at its best. But there are other days when the sun is shining, the sky is blue, and you still hear about an air quality alert for your area. Is that really something you need to worry about? The answer is yes, and some of the reasons why may surprise you. Pulmonologist Niha Solanke is with us today to talk about air quality and how it can affect your body. Dr. Solanke is one of the many trusted experts at Cleveland Clinic who join our weekly podcast to offer deeper insight into daily health issues. Any luck, what she has to say will help you breathe a little easier in the future. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Solanke. Uh, thanks so much for working us into your busy schedule. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is quite an honor. Well, well we appreciate that. So, uh, obviously, we're talking about air quality today, which I know is a topic that just seems to be getting so much increased attention given uh, so everything attention. that's kind of happening on this planet of ours right now. So, I get the sense, though, that we are just now becoming aware of a danger that you've known about for a long time. Yes, uh, we have known about particulate matter and nitrogen dioxide and ozone for quite some time. Pollution related to uh, vehicular emissions. But recently, we're hearing about this a lot more in the context of wildfires, um, in the context of construction and so forth. So I do think people are paying a lot more attention to air quality. This morning in my clinic, I overheard someone said, say, oh, the AQI is moderate today. And I, I was very proud of that individual. They had gotten up and checked. Let's start with the basics when it comes to talking about air quality alerts and, and the air quality index. Um, what exactly is being measured to kind of set these warnings and and get that number? So you're measuring um, particulate matter for one, and it's particulate matter of different sizes. They tend to be smaller, way smaller than a strand of hair. So you wow. can't see a lot of this matter with your eyes. And it includes particles from exhaust fumes and so forth and so on. The two sizes are 2.5 micrometers and 10 micrometers. Um, so very, very teeny tiny. In addition to this, uh, it includes ozone, nitrogen dioxide, and other gases. Now, when you talk about those particulates, I, I always thought one of the, the big concerns with that is that they're so small that like you, your, your body has trouble dealing with that, right? Yeah, so you... They're so small that you breathe them in, they get into your lungs, and they can actually diffuse into your bloodstream and be carried along around your body, you can get into your lymphatics. They can get into your system and cause inflammation. And persistent inflammation can cause asthma, cardiovascular issues such as strokes, heart attacks. Uh, sometimes can trigger autoimmune conditions. So though they're tiny, they're very toxic. Well, yeah, it sounds like they do. They do a lot of damage. You're just you're breathing this garbage in, and it's just kind of littering your whole body. Just garbage. You're just breathing garbage <laughs> in. You're littering your body. That's exactly um, correct. But 
I don't like to think about it very much. And I think a lot of people also don't <laughs> like to think about that very much because you have to live your life, right? You have to go to work, you have to go to school, you have to live your life. So let's like, what causes the air to just uh, suddenly change? I, I know you brought up wildfires, which I mean, they've been in the news, you know, the last few years, it seems like we get the, you know, that time of year when and everything gets dry and these start up. And, and I think we're learning so much more about that through, through that, but what what other factors kind of come in there that just make those numbers skyrocket? We see air quality being affected by cars and trucks on the road. We call this traffic-related air pollution or trap. So if you live near a major road, you're going to have more exposure to traffic-related air pollution. And we find that people that live near major roads also have more inflammation in their bodies more cases of asthma, more cases of COPD, more cardiovascular risks. So that's one cause. Other causes, changes in weather, changes in pressure. This can cause shifts in the atmosphere that can bring things like smog, pollution from other places. So if there's a wildfire on the West Coast, that wildfire will actually reach the Eastern Coast. If there's a wildfire on the Eastern board of Canada, that smog can actually reach Europe. So the, the wow. smog from the wildfire can actually travel quite a long distance. What happens on one coast affects the other coast, which is what is a little frightening, but something, uh, a fact we're having to live with. I'd imagine uh, manufacturing has got to be a big uh, add a lot to that too. Um, what other sort of things might might work into there? Industrialization uh, is definitely a cause of it. Cities tend to have a higher burden of air pollution than countryside. Any place that has a high ma amount of manufacturing will also have a good bit of pollution associated with it. I know there's a rating system for that air quality index, or I guess a value system is what they call it. Um, can you kind of walk us through the, the different levels and the numbers and kind of what they mean for the average person uh, as you go outside? So the numbers go up to 500. Um, the AQI goes up to up to 500, basically. Anything under 100 is considered good air quality, generally. It's considered under the guidelines for where we should be. So that's good air quality. You can go outside, you can go around, you can do whatever you want to do. Don't worry about it. As you get over 100, uh, the air quality starts becoming more harmful. And that's where you have to really worry. Over 300 is the worst air quality. Everybody is going to be affected at that range. And looking at the numbers now, you had mentioned that 100 line. And I think it, it kind of, it's, under that is usually it's okay. But I know in the 101 to 150, it says it's unhealthy for sensitive groups. Um, who, who would that include? So that group is going to include people who are prone to having respiratory exacerbations. So this can include people with asthma, people with COPD, people with cystic fibrosis and other lung conditions. In that group, we would also include our aging population because their immune system is not as strong as it should be to combat air pollution. Yeah, that, that garbage that's coming in. <laughs> right, it's garbage. And infants have developing lungs. 
So they're also going to be at risk in uh, this situation, infants and small children. And I also like to include pets in that uh, because they, you know, if you have puppies or aging, aging animals, you also have to think about those populations. See, I never even think about that with my dog, Charlie, and he's, uh, he's 12. So he would be an elderly dog at this point. So I will have to watch when, uh, <laughs> when, when the AQI levels get to a certain, uh, certain level with them. You do. I actually, the day the AQI levels got very high here, I called my dog's daycare because yes, my dog goes to daycare and I told them to please watch out for the air quality in their dogs. And so they actually kept their dogs inside that day uh, due to the smog. I love that. You're looking out for everybody. You got people, <laughs> pets, and the whole shebang. So um, yeah. so as we, move through, as we move through those kind of things, I know that the next level is just unhealthy where the air gets classified in that unhealthy range. And when it's at that point, I take it, even if you're a, 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 just a healthy person, you know, you go out, you exercise, you do all that. That's where you could start seeing some adverse effects if you're outside and you're breathing this air in um, while, while working out, really exerting yourself. Exactly. So people who fall in that, uh, when the AQI is in that range, if a person who is relatively healthy, doesn't have lung problems, goes outside, does work outside, does exercise outside, they will feel the effects of the air quality. And usually that will include headaches, uh, sinus drainage. Some people may experience shortness of breath. Um, those would be the short-term side effects of air pollution. And, and then the next level I know is the, the very unhealthy. And, and that's at 200 and 200 to 300 is very unhealthy. And then 300 and up is hazardous. But if you're out in that, I, I take it you are, you, odds are you're going to feel that later. Definitely. Um, I think that it's everything we discussed, but more severe. People will feel sicker. They'll feel like they're coming down with something they may feel like they've caught some sort of infection just because you'll feel more run down due to all of the toxic material that you're breathing in. Some people, it can worsen their underlying health conditions, whatever those are. You will see an increase in emergency department visits, increase in um, utilization of urgent care, doctor visits, more prednisone prescriptions being called in for asthma, COPD, that sort of thing. So it really also makes it difficult for healthcare providers uh, to take care of everybody because everybody's getting sick at the same time. It's one of those things when the the AQI gets that high and, and, and you know, you look outside and you go, ah, it doesn't seem that bad because it's not, it's not like a danger you can see. But I, you know, I know, um, you know, we as we were talking about before. There's been a lot of these fires lately, and and we had some obviously really bad days near us. And and I know one of those days, I went out in the morning and went for a run. And I got to tell you, I felt it the rest of the day, which I, I was I was surprised. But it, it's amazing what it does. And I, I don't think a lot of people really think it's it's going to affect you that much. Yeah, I I. Uh... My neighbors actually were talking about how 
when the AQI is very high, when that number is higher than 200, higher than 300, they start feeling these vague symptoms such as headaches, sore throat. They just feel generally unwell. And that's because the air you breathe in supplies your blood, which supplies all of your organs, including your brain and your heart. And if that air you breathe in is unhealthy, then your organs are getting unhealthy, toxic particles exposed to them. So it makes sense that you feel unwell in these, on these days. So try to stay indoors is the, is the takeaway. Dr. Solanke, that was such a great way to explain it because I don't think a lot of us connect that you breathe something in and then it just it scatters throughout your body and 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 just and, and touches touches everything uh, inside you. So um, it's a wonderful explanation. Um, and and actually, that's right where we're going now with what impact this poor air quality can have on your health. Um, obviously, I take it breathing issues are are, are the big thing and, and the first thing that kind of comes to mind. So can we kind of run through a little bit as to what it can kind of set off or do? Particulate matter and these gases that are in air pollution that you breathe in cause inflammation in the airway. This inflammation can then trigger asthma, can trigger COPD in people that already have these underlying conditions. But even if you don't have asthma or COPD, these particles and these gases can still cause shortness of breath because people can still have something called reactive airways. It's where your airways are just reacting to all that toxic fumes that you're breathing in and your airways get angry and they get inflamed and they start spasming. They can create mucus. Uh, and this this causes shortness of breath and coughing that people often experience. How long can that last? Like if you are out in that and, and, and you know, like you said, you're not somebody who has asthma or, or some of these other issues, um, but you kind of get that gunk in there. How, how long will that hang around? Usually what we see is that this will be related to the amount of time you were exposed to the pollution. So if you have a short exposure, your symptoms should not last that long. If you had a long exposure to it, your symptoms would last a bit, a fair bit longer. And some people though, and we still don't know why these people are different than other people, the pollution can trigger a chronic condition. Uh, and this can be said for a lot of different things we breathe in, uh, and not just air pollution, but anything we breathe in has the potential of setting off an immune reaction in our body, which can cause a chronic illness. So there is a chance, not for everybody, but for some people who have a genetic predisposition to developing a certain chronic autoimmune diseases or uh, something like asthma, if that person has a good amount of exposure 
it may not take that much time to develop a chronic condition. But again, that's not most people. Most people, it's going to be related to how much time you're actually out there, how much time you're exposed. So they would only experience a short-term effect to the pollution. Now, one of the things, and, and you brought this up a little bit earlier too, but I, I still just find it amazing. Um, when you think about the the air quality and if you have you know a bunch of just the, the, it's polluted air that you're breathing in or it's not the cleanest air, um, and you, you figure it's going to hit your lungs and you might have some issues there. But it, it, I was really shocked to see that it could um, it leads to increased risk for heart attacks and strokes. Um, that's is that just that's just all because of the inflammation, right? That's right. It's because of the inflammation. And they've done lots of studies that show that people who have chronic exposure to this type of toxic material they're more likely to have these health conditions such as strokes, heart attacks. And this is all from that chronic inflammation that's caused by these toxic particles. Wow. Well, given that we all want to avoid all of those issues you just brought up, <laughs> what should we do when, when the air quality levels get to that, th those higher numbers and, and we want to minimize problems and stay healthy? So we always start with saying stay indoors, but even that is with a caveat because I have, I actually have bought a little indoor air quality monitor um, device for my house that I put in the kitchen and just taking my dog out even for a little while into the backyard caused the air pollution in my house to go up because I opened the door to let the dog out and then opened the door back again to come back in. And in that amount of time, I had introduced air pollution. So when we say stay indoors, minimize the opening and closing of doors keep your windows closed. Don't burn candles in the house because that's another thing. If you burn candles that aren't soy-based candles, then you're going to increase your indoor air pollution, which you want to keep as low as possible, especially when the outdoor air is so poor, right? Don't use gas stoves if you can avoid it. Don't use your wood-burning fire places. Um, so that's all indoors. Have a HEPA filter or some sort of high filtration device for your for the air in your house to keep the pollution to a minimum indoors. Because some people, their indoor air pollution is just as bad as the outdoor air pollution. So you have to focus on that as well. Then if you, if you have to go outdoors, keep your exercise to a minimum. Um, so don't, you know, don't run on days that have poor AQI. Don't, don't be very active outdoors, basically. You know, don't take your pets out for a run either. Um, and then for people who have to be outdoors because their job is primarily outdoors, such as construction workers, I'd recommend wearing an N95. A surgical mask isn't enough for the particles and the gases. Those will go right through because the surgical mask is pretty porous. So you'd have to wear an N95 to keep the particles out. When we start getting to those marginal areas, are, are there- Oh, one more thing. I was just going to say the other thing to do is when you're driving, 
in your car, turn the um, filtration off so that it's only filtering the air inside the car and you're not filtering air from outside to the inside. That's the other thing I would suggest doing. That's a good bit of advice there. Um, with the when, when those levels get to that midpoint or kind of those marginal levels um, and, and you're looking to exercise outside or something like that, are there times of day when those levels kind of naturally drop or, or even uh, places where you can go and you might be a little better off? Uh, the evening is better generally uh, if you want to put gas in your car or you want to go for a walk. Air quality tends to Im improve towards the evening. Green spaces, I think, are also better than walking alongside roads. So if you have access to a park or access to a place with a lot of trees, that will have better air quality overall. Well, that, that's some great advice, Dr. Solanke, and uh, kind of a perfect way to kind of kind of wrap up our discussion. But uh, before we say our goodbyes, is there anything else you'd like to add about air quality alerts and, and what they mean? I would like to say that if you think that the air quality is bad by looking outside, it probably is bad. And to try to check the air quality index or the AQI, which you can just look up on your smartphone um, and and try to follow the guidelines at that point, whether that is to limit exercise outdoors or to stay indoors or to go outside and en enjoy yourself. Um, but to try to use the AQI to be as healthy as possible. And I think if people are looking to going to look that up, if I remember right, it's airnow.gov, right? That's correct. It's just airnow.gov. All right. Well, I think we all know uh, what, what we should do when it gets bad and uh, where to go look. And uh, thank you for uh, an enlightening conversation. Thank you for having me. Breathing in pollutants can affect you both immediately and long term. So do yourself a favor and pay attention to air quality alerts. Your lungs, your heart, and other parts of your body will thank you. Till next time, be well. Thank you for listening to Health Essentials, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic and Cleveland Clinic Children's. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or visit clevelandclinic.org slash HE podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician.